Okay, we're recording. All right. Wait, 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 wait. school start this week for you no school started last week oh it started last wednesday you started on a wednesday diana started on a friday that's weird Mm -hmm. and so how was your first week of school then you i didn't really hear much about it oh those i must say the first the first week of school, it went by pretty good. It was just like, all right, cool. You know, we did our thing. Then I was like, all right. It's Friday night. Let's get it. Because I was like, I was good up until like Friday I actually got here and I went to school. And then I started getting antsy. And I was like, bro, I'm kind of, I'm like, why am I nervous? I'm not even playing. <laughs> Are your kids nice? Do you have any yeah, I don't really have any problem with any of my kids. Just, you know, make sure we keep that barrier that I am the teacher and not mm-hmm. one of them. But yeah. Quite a bit of them know I like anime, so it's all right. It, it, it's funny because, like, the athletes knew because when one of the day coach said, we're trying to let them see the human side of us when we had a get-together when two of, before, right before two-a-days, really. Um, Actually, no, it was a lock-in during two-a-days. And I kid you not, after we got done, like, hidden and everything else, I walked into the field house, changed, changed my shoes into, like, those Bakugo shoes I got, changed my, got to my shorts, changed my shirt into my Bakugo shirt, and then I wore my Bakugo hat. That's, like, his, like, outfit on the top, and then has him doing his attack on, the like, the bill. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, this is what you asked for. This is what you're getting. They stopped letting us wear graphic t-shirts at work. Unless it was, like, the company logo t-shirts. Yay. So, okay. Actually, there's a bit of a double standard with that rule. And I'm kind of upset. Because Jet gets to wear whatever t-shirt he wants. And he gets to wear his anime t-shirts to work mm-hmm. all the time. But if I were to wear an anime t-shirt to work. But if I were to show up to work in a t-shirt that was not a work t-shirt. And wasn't plain. I would be made to go downstairs and buy a t-shirt to change. But it's like with IT, no one cares. And I'm kind of like, but Jed is a really important person at work. (laughs) Like he has meetings and he talks to more people than I do. And he'll still go to work in his uh, like near Automata t-shirt or a Final Fantasy t-shirt. And it's like, I couldn't go to work, and sit in a cubicle with my Attack on Titan hoodie. Girl said Attack on Titan. Mm-hmm. That's the hoodie that I was wearing the night I met Jet. That's that's adorable. That's adorable. That was way back when I was like, Attack on Titan. Bleh. Yeah, I only watched the first season. Like, I had read the manga when I was working at the bookstore. Mm-hmm. But I kept predicting everything. Like, I knew it was going to happen. I had the whole storyline figured out before I even got through the first volume. And then 
I stopped reading because I was like, I already know what's going to happen and it's just not entertaining for me anymore. But then my sister, Gerilyn, was like, no, 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 you have to watch it because Levi. And I was like, okay. Well, I tried to watch it in English because that's what she was watching it in. Couldn't stand the voice actors. So I switched to watching it in Japanese. Some of the voice actors were still just as irritating, but at least Aaron wasn't terrible. You mean, no, 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 no. English is not even that bad. You just have this high, like, because I'm sitting there and it's like, oh, it's like, it's like Aaron talks. I'm like, hey, Meliodas. Hey, Kirito. <laughs> okay, hey, the hey. little blonde kid uh, gets on my nerves. Armor's not that bad. I cannot stand his English voice actor at all. And then there was one of the girls that turned out to be a Titan. I didn't like her English voice actor. Oh, Annie. And then. Aaron was okay, but he wasn't my favorite. Like, I don't mind Meliodas's character because I feel like that voice fits the character. But to me, like, the voice just didn't fit Aaron's character. But, like... I love how I named, like, three other characters and you're just like, all right. You just picked on the fact that it was like, oh, Meliodas is fine. I'm like, so... Okay, listen, I love Meliodas, but I haven't watched those other two animes. I know what they are. You Sword Art Online? Wait, who from Sword Art Online did you say? I said Kirito. Kirito. That's right. And I was about to say Inosuke from Demon Slayer is also the same voice actor. Okay, that anime freaks me out, so I don't, I don't understand you. And... Uh, Jet made me watch it in Japanese, not English. So. Oh, well, everybody watched it in Japanese. But when I heard the English voice acting, I was like, thank God I watched this in Japanese first. But then it's like, I heard Inosuke talk, and I'm like, oh my God, it's Meliodas. And then I watched... Then I watched Attack on Titan in English. I'm like, oh my god, that's Kirito and Meliodas and Inosuke. Yeah, I watched Sword Art Online in Japanese as well. And I only watched the first half of the first season and then the new season that just came out. I didn't watch anything in between. Oh, man, Alicization is great, but it's weird because I remember I was sitting there and I watched, I, I, like, I like the English voice actors a little bit better. But then I started listening to um, Asuna talk and I'm like, oh my god. It's Makoto from Persona 5. I don't like this. <laughs> I was like, it was like, I went to, it was like, click, like, click, subbed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, because, like, I think, keep going. Oh, I think Fairy Tale is really the only anime that I prefer the English voice actors. I, I do like. So much of Fairy Tale this weekend. I mean, I, I say know. so much. But, oh, my God. I was sitting there. I was like, I was sitting there. Wait, have you not watched the new season yet, or is this your second watch? A fairy tale? You watch your mind. It's fairy tale too long to have a second watch. I'm sorry. I'm like somebody. Okay, I'm on, like, my fifth watch here. So, I know it's not that long. Bullcorn! Season 7 <laughs> literally is 100 episodes. Yeah, because they had to fit 350 manga episodes into it. It's like... Eh. Okay. And no, well, no, no. It's and fine. I'm a binge watcher. It's fine. No, and it's even worse. Just because I'm there, I was watching it, and I was like, "Bruh!" It's like you can say that, but season seven is that long, and then season eight, the zero, like the prequel, is like nine. Oh yeah, it's super short, but that's just because they were. And it's like you could tell me, it's like yeah. they had to fish so much manga. It's like no, it's like they did three arcs in that one season. Every other season, I might give two. <laughs> The first season had three different arcs in it. They were just shorter. 
no, 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 no. Everything kind of bled into the other thing. And then it's like, but no, seven. It was like, all right, we're gonna finish. Actually, we're about to finish the um the Grand Wizard games. Then, but we're also gonna have the Dragons attack during the Grand Wizard games, which had a whole new opening. Then they like were like doing their thing for a little bit. Then it's like, all right, now it's the um. That's how you know you're in the second half of the arc. Like you're in the down, you're in the downhill section is when it changes opening song. No, no, and then and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden it was like Tartaros. I'm like, all right, cool. Also, I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is long. And I was like, all right, new opening, another opening, a third opening. I'm like, oh my god, yeah. like what am I watching? And I got to the point like I'm getting burnt out. It's like I've never gone this long. And then all of a sudden I was like, all right. Take a break from fairy tale, and then like, I just quit watching. I was like, this can't do this. This is like, and then like I, I like I sneaked an episode like during the summer for a little bit to watch. Um, cause when I talked to one of the students about it, I mean one of the uh, football players about it during the summer, he said, "Yeah, I'm on that right now." And I told him, I "Was like, hey, I'm letting you know right now, it gets long." And Austin, he okay, but fairy tale is nowhere near as long as Bleach, Naruto, or One Piece. Uh, did you just say Bleach? Out of like that, out of all those, Bleach is probably the shortest one. Bleach still has like what six hundred episodes. Good God, was Bleach really that long? Yes, because I tried to start watching okay. it and no, I no, got no, no. overwhelmed. Bleach has three hundred sixty-six episodes, and I was like, "Oh, Cinder, you said that," and I, I remember what it was. Because I remember, like, I ended up reading the manga, so because it's like I was like, maybe that's what it is. Okay, well. Fairytale still isn't as long as some of the other ones. No, no, no. We about to we about to pull this out. How long is this dang? Okay, Jesus Christ! There are a whole like twenty episodes difference. <laughs> okay, One Piece has nine hundred and eighty-one episodes. No, no, no. One Piece definitely has over a thousand episodes. <laughs> okay, well, Google says nine hundred and eighty-one. So, and I know people who have watched One Piece multiple times. There's no way they watch one. They're a bunch of liars if they did. Cause that takes okay, like well, I'm not gonna I love how the thing is based but... off your face and based off your recent activity. One Piece versus Fairy Tale. I'm like, no, sir. No, 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 sir. I know for a fact there's at least a hundred. There's over a thousand chapters because I'm on chapter one thousand. <gasps> you know what? Anime got a second season. Um the 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 the, the devil's a part timer. Anyway, no, what is? Oh, <gasps> that one got a second season too. I was pretty sure it did, but maybe I'm lying. I love the devil as a part timer. Oh, so good. But no! Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid! Well, um, you can say that, but I have no idea what you're talking about. <gasps> it's so cute. Ah, so exactly. Oh my god. Yeah, there's a season two. For I was I knew for a fact there was supposed to be a season two, season two for The Devil as a Part-Timer. But it's hilarious because it's like, it's eight years after season one. I'm like, holy crap. Mm. I, I didn't realize, I didn't realize it was that long. I didn't realize it was that long ago. I'm just saying, you say everything right now. Mhm. I mean, we had to wait f- four years for fa- for the last season of Fairy Tale. I mean, I mean, that's kind of how like Attack on Titan worked. Anyway. Yeah, this all started with Attack on Titan. <laughs> 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 we just made full circle here. Yeah. No. 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 Bottom line is that I only watched the first season because my sister made me because of Levi, but I had the entire storyline. No, 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 no. You see, you tripping. Like, season one, I, the one, the thing I will say about season one, 
is that it has the best opening, and I cannot be convinced otherwise. All the other ones, they are hype, but the, something about that first one made me want to go run through a wall, and I was like, this is Gurren it. No, yeah, Gurren no Yumiya, and was, it's got some German in it, too, so I'm not going to argue with you yeah, there. Yeah, so I was like, that, that was it. Now, like, I'm not going to lie, though, but then it's like... What made it great to me is how they did, because, you know, they hyped up Levi, and it's like, Attack on Titan became a thing. I was like, oh, you can hype these people up, and then they'll be, like, trash. Or they'll, like, die, and I'm like, okay. Nah, nah, Levi showed up, and he was a whole different man. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, Levi. Oh, Levi's badass. No, like, and then Aaron, get, I mean, like, and I, I got to the point where I was like, I can't I can't wait until, like di- like, winter of 2022. So I was like, all right. Let me go ahead and um do this thing, like, read the manga. And I'm like, and I read it, and I was like, this is so great. This storyline's so good. And I'm just like, but in the back of my mind, I was like, Levi's still that dude, though. And I'm like, I'll but have I'm, to push through. I'll have to push through and read more than just the first. No, honestly, you need, no, like, literally, it's, it's really good. Like, I can see why it's not people, some people's cup of tea, but I was like, this storyline kind of hit, and it's not too long. It got really gory, too, towards the end of the first season, and I don't know towards why. The end, I watched, I just watched this man, no, season one was gory. Let's not even kid ourselves here. I watched this man, like, Aaron's, like, like, watch his mom get eaten, and that's originally the reason why I stopped watching it the first time. And I was like, oh. That was in the first episode. She had that anime side ponytail. You knew she was going to die. No, no, no. What you mean? It's not even the anime side ponytail. She's a mom. Oh, that's really sad. Are you being anything else? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we should probably get started on actually the podcast part, because we've been going for 30 minutes. Yep. It's a 30-minute conversation on anime, because we're nerds. Accurate. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. We'll get started and stop talking about anime. Um... So, this week's topic is a special request, the RMS Queen Mary in Long Beach, California. I actually knew a lot about it, but I still did a bunch of research to make sure I wasn't going to be fibbing this entire episode. So, have you, uh, do you know anything about the the Queen Mary DQ? Nope. Okay. Well, as always, we're going to start with a little bit of history and some facts, The RMS Queen Mary is an 80,000-ton ocean liner built to replace, and I'm going to butcher this name, the Marantia? 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 What's going on over there? Oh, you can hear that? Yeah. Yeah, I was sitting here, you started talking, and all of a sudden I heard the sirens go off, and I'm like, excuse me? (laughs) It's like, but we, we, we aren't... Um, pigmently challenged, so we're not gonna go be nosy. Mm. Okay. Um, so the RMS Queen Mary is an 80,000 ton ocean liner. She was built to replace the Marentia and compete with other British, German, and French rivals along the Atlantic Passage. Uh, she was built between 1930 and 19. 19- between 1930 and 1936 in Clydebank, Scotland, by the mm-hmm. Cunard Cruise Line. And the Cunard Line actually ran out of money in 1933 and requested help from the British government. And the government was like, sure. So they produced a loan on the condition that Cunard merged with one of their rival companies who was also having financial trouble. So they together they formed the White Star 
the Whites. So they merged with White Star, and together they became Cunard White Star Cruise Line. The Queen Mary's top speed was 30 knots, which for people who are not well-versed in maritime terminology, that is about 34.5 miles per hour or 55 uh, kilometers per hour. Uh, She could house a crew of... Uh, 1100 for a total of 2100 passengers so it's a one to two ratio of crew to passengers um, which was really important because she's a luxury cruise ship so they had to make sure that there was enough staff Um, she had two indoor pools a library a children's nursery children's nursery a kennel for passengers uh, a kennel for passengers we're just going to put people in a kennel. A kennel for the passengers' dogs, specifically. Like, it said dogs, not pets. Dogs. So, I guess you can't bring your cat on a cruise. Uh, she also had a small hospital, a squash court, which is a game. I had to Google it. A grand ballroom, two cocktail bars, and five dining areas. Um, okay. And so, depending on what... Uh, website you're looking at or what uh, article you're looking at some of those facts kind of differ a little bit I saw um, you know two children's nurseries like a first uh, a first class in a, in a third class children's nursery um, and then there was a little discrepancy about the pools um, but that list came directly from the Queen Mary's website so uh, I just Wanted to, to put that out there for anybody that's been to the, the Queen Mary or has done their own research. I listened to several podcasts and read a bunch of stuff. And I ended up just going with what is on their website because there was some differences among the masses. Okay. The... <laughs> I, th- I put fun fact by this, but I don't really think it's a fun fact. So this is a non-fun fact the ship was known to roll alarmingly so at its worst you could walk along a corridor with one foot on the wall and one foot on the floor like it had tipped that bad in the ocean Hmm. that's that's just a whole lot of note for me i do not do the ocean i don't like boats i don't i don't do water so all of this is Enough for me, which is really funny because my dad is a sailor. <laughs> so <laughs> I have all of this knowledge about the Navy and ships and all of that jazz, but I can't. I don't like the ocean. Um, her maiden voyage was launched on May 27th of 1936, and she went from Southampton, England, to New York with a stop for supplies in Cherbourg, Normandy. I don't know how to pronounce that one either. Uh, but they picked up supplies and other cargo from Normandy, and then they went on to New York. And she arrived in New York on June 1st of the same year, which is incredibly fast. So it's like, what, four days? Three days? The 27th? Mm-hmm. Yeah. May 27th to June 1st in 1936. That's Four, five, four, five, five, because May has 31 days. Yep. 
clearly we know the calendar. I mean, it does because June has 30. It's the 27th. So one, two, three, four. Yeah, so the first would be its uh, sixth day, technically, if you count the 27th. And then the first would be the sixth day that it was on the water. Anyways, her first her first journey was May 27th of 1936 to June 1st. They went from England to Normandy and then to New York in the U.S. Another fun fact. The Queen Mary sailed the Atlantic Passion. Passion. The Queen Mary sailed the Atlantic Passage 1,000 times. And she's eight feet too wide for the Panama Canal. Which just blows my mind because she was built for the Atlantic Passage. Mm-hmm. But she now resides in Long Beach, California. So how the heck did she get there? If she can't go through the Panama Canal. That means they had to go all the way down around South America and back up. Exactly. That's when she, she, they said she took the long way. Oh, God. I can't even imagine how long that would have taken. Because even in the 60s, like... <sighs> Anyways. Just blows my mind. Uh, there are 49 documented deaths aboard the Queen Mary, but death records weren't really kept during World War II, so that number could be higher. Uh, during World War II, the ship was nicknamed the Great Ghost because she was so fast. And the ship's final voyage was in 1967. Um, and the guests aboard this voyage reported uh some paranormal activity like uh, knocking sounds in their rooms um the doors in 30 or 340b kept slamming shut and then lights were turning off and on um so the paranormal activity didn't start in the more modern area there were reports as far back as the 60s the late 60s uh so there is a little fun fact about how the queen mary got her name Usually, Cunard ships have names that end in IA, like the Marinchia, which is the ship that she replaced, and then the Aquitania and the Berengaria. Berengaria? Berengaria? Yep. So, most of their ships end in IA. And so, when they started building this ship, they had intended to name this ship the Queen Victoria. Um, and so the board goes to King George to get his blessing, um, for the name of the ship as per their protocol. And, but they didn't tell him that they wanted to name it Victoria up front. They just said, uh, King George, we would like to name this new ship after England's greatest queen. And... (laughs) Uh, Queen Victoria is also King George's grandmother. And the king said, my wife will be delighted that you're naming the ship after her. And his wife's name was Queen Mary. So then they had to name the ship Queen Mary. Because they failed to proceed their conversation with, we would like to name the ship Queen Victoria. They should have said it first, but they didn't then they can't really, like, risk the king getting upset. Off with their head. (laughs) And then, you know, 
burn the ship. And then, you know, no one then will take the ship and... Well, I mean, that would mean that Kingdom would have lost a lot of money, too. So I don't really think they would have burned the ship. He would have just... Girl, you think they care? King George cared. He okay. He did. Okay. So, uh, I'm going to give a brief timeline of the ship. Because um, it is... Pretty important, especially her time in World War II. So, the uh, years 1936 through 1939 were known as her glamour years. Uh, the Queen Mary had was uh, equipped with unprecedented luxury and forward-thinking technology for the time. And so, she was known as the grandest ocean liner ever built. Uh, 1939 through 1946 is known as the war years. So during World War II, because she had record-breaking speed and... You said the war years? The war years. The war years. Like... War years. War years. Okay, war years. I thought you said war years. I was like, war years. The war years. Um... So she was decommissioned as a cru- as a luxury cruise ship and uh, retrofitted to serve as a troop ship during World War II because she was so fast and had a huge capacity. Like, she could carry a tremendous amount of troops. Uh, in 1943, the Queen Mary broke the record for the most passengers ever transported on one vessel with 15,740 troops and 943 crew members. In October of 1942, so the prior year of her breaking that record, the Queen Mary collided with her escort ship. Uh, Both ships were following a standard zigzag pattern, and the uh, Curacoa, which was the escort ship, made a dire navigation miscalculation. And due to the risk of U-boat attacks, the Queen Mary had been instructed not to stop for anything because she was carrying a large amount of troops. So when she collided with the Curacoa, she basically tore the Kirikoa in half, and the Queen Mary had to just keep going. She couldn't stop to help them. So she basically tore her escort ship in half and couldn't stop to help them. And she was forced to continue her course with a damaged bow. The Queen Mary did, however, alert other destroyers nearby to report the collision and uh, some other destroyers. Uh, were I think seven miles out, um, and they were able to rescue a hundred and one uh, of the like three hundred and something officers and crewmen aboard the Curacoa. So two hundred and thirty nine lives were lost in that accident. So the Queen Mary is not. Oh, gosh, I can't English today properly. There is a word that I am looking for. She's not a stranger to tragedy. Let's just put it that way. Uh-oh. Uh, 1947 to 1961, uh, are, those are her golden years. Uh, she went through a 10-month retrofit following the war to return to her life as a world-class ocean liner. And so it was 1947 to 1961. And then 1961 through 1966 were kind of the years that uh, ocean travel was becoming obsolete. So that's kind of her 
downfall years, so her final years at sea. Um, and that's because of the development and rising popularity of air travel. People just weren't using, you know, cruise ships to get around anymore because they could fly and get there in a third of the time. True. And and so the, the reason why th- the cruise line uh, industry had been so popular before, you know, 1960 was because that was the only way to get around, really. And so not only, you know, were you actively trying to get from one continent to another, because that was the only way. So they, so the cruise lines made it a luxurious trip, but it was more of a necessity to get from one place to the other. And so once they didn't have the need for that, you know. Yeah. And I can't blame them. I don't like ocean travel. I'd much prefer to be in a plane. Because Superman said it's the safest way to travel. Well, Superman also... Never mind. (laughs) Anyways. Okay. So, in 1967, the Queen Mary was retired and now resides in Long Beach following her retirement and she became a landmark and a hotel. Though, sadly, it's currently closed due to the pandemic. Good old COVID. Um, so now we're just going to jump straight into the ghosts. All right. All right. So the most active uh, parts of the, the ship are uh, B-deck and the boiler room. So the boiler room is located 50 feet below water level. Um, there is an infinite, infamous death around uh, the watertight bulkhead known as Door 13. Uh, door 13 has crushed at least two men to death, uh, most recently in 1966 during a routine watertight bulkhead drill. An 18-year-old crewman from Yorktown was crushed by the door with his hands pinned to his sides. Uh, although he was alive at first, he did die hours later in the small hospital on board. He is often seen sporting blue coveralls and walking the length of Shaft Alley before disappearing around door 13. There's also an engineer in the area that will often ask guests if they've seen his wrench. Uh, But then he... Some people say he disappears like after he asks them and then other people say they like see him walk away and then they go tell like another crewman or whatever like hey I think your friend lost his wrench and they're like what are you talking about so sometimes he kind of just vanishes right in front of them other times he doesn't but this spirit appears to be older and since the other spirit in the area was an 18 year old boy they don't believe it's the same crewman that was killed at door 13 um mm-hmm. at least not that i could find or i didn't read anything about them being the same person although at first when i was reading through the the reports it did kind of seem like they were the same person but a lot of people who like say they've actually spoke to this engineer um and they're assuming he's an engineer because he's looking for tools i guess i don't really know where they get the engineer thing from but uh they say that he's a lot older. So, anyways. Uh, people also report to see a little girl in the area. And she's either sucking on her thumb or carrying a doll in her hands. 
I just, uh, I don't understand why a kid would be running around the boiler room, but okay. Uh, Guests and investigators have reported phantom grease spots showing up on their skin and clothing, and they look like fingerprints. Which would make me very mad, actually, if you get grease spots on my clothing. Because that is not easy to get out of clothes. Uh, guests and investigators also report hearing walking and running behind them like they hear people running up like behind them or walking up behind them and then they'll turn around and there won't be anyone there and there have been some audio clips documenting this phenomenon and then people also report disembodied whistling but nothing i didn't come across any evps or recordings with the whistling so this is just a personal experience or a personal claim that a lot of people report on the ship's website and other spooky places where they post about this uh so the next area we're going to talk about is the first class pool area and i could only find records of a first and second class pool area. So I guess like third class people didn't get to use a pool. But just. That just doesn't seem fair to me. But we're just going to move on. Okay. So the first. Oh, both pools. Okay. So the first and second pool have been closed. They are not pools anymore. You cannot go stay at the Queen Mary and go swimming, to my knowledge. I've never been there, but I could not find anything about a pool being on its list of, ane- of amenities. So, the first class pool area has been closed for more than three decades because of California code issues, because this ship was built in the 1930s. Um, common reports in the area are of women in 1930s swim attire. Uh, so... Mm-hmm. Those really cute one-piece swimsuits, you know. One piece. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We're back to the anime bit now. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Also, something I want to mention here, because I, in my research, I watched a couple of uh, episodes that the Queen Mary uh, was featured on, and one of them. Was it Ghost Hunters episode? I think it was in season two. Season two, episode 11. If you're interested. Uh Um, They were told of something in the first class pool changing area called the Vortex. And it was like the spot on the floor in the middle of the aisle in between like the changing rooms, like in the cubicles. And they just point to this spot on the floor and they're like, people say they see a vortex there. And I'm like, a what now? And that's the only time I've ever heard of that. I didn't hear about that in any of the other podcasts I listened to. In any of the research I did, the only time that ever came up was in that Ghost Hunters episode. So I don't know if anybody else has heard about it, but apparently there is a portal to the other side on the Queen Mary I could not find any other documentation of it, and neither did the Ghost Hunters crew. So, there's that. But that also happens in the first-class pool area, supposedly. Uh, Now, back out to the pool. People report sounds of splashing 
but there's obviously no water in the pool because they can't use it because it's not up to code. Uh, People also see wet footprints that lead from the deck to the changing rooms. But again, there's no water. And I just, I can't with the wet footprints. Like that just, that's, I can't, I can't. (laughs) That creeps me out. That brings back some paranormal activity moments there. One, two, or four. You know the part where they put the baby powder on the floor and they just see the, like, chicken toe footprints? Oh, so I'm not going to lie. I said one, two, or four because you said pronormativity. I've only seen, like, number two. Oh. Okay, well, in the first one, this this is why it got me so bad. They put baby powder down on the floor out in front of their bedroom or in the hallway or something, and then they get up the next morning, and there is a literal gigantic chicken feet footprints. And I'm okay, now we're talking about a demon. This is no ghost here. That is an inhuman demonic spirit, and it does not mean anything good because the only known demonic spirit that has chicken feet is the spirit of chaos. And I don't like it. Oh god. So yeah, and <laughs> but anytime there's people, you know, are talking about seeing footprints, that's just what my mind goes to. And then I just get chills all the way down my spine because I just I don't because if you have wet footprints, then you should be dripping water from other parts of your body. So why are there not, like, droplets of water? Like, you know, when you get out of the pool, like, you're dripping. But mm-hmm. all they see are footprints. And I'm just like, that is unnatural. No. No, thank you. Uh, Okay, so another strange claim in this area is the report of a woman in an old wedding gown with a little boy in a suit. Uh, there's also been another woman who's seen in a tennis skirt. Uh, the lady in the tennis skirt, she walks down the stairs. Okay, so the first class pool is, like, in a, I don't know how to explain it, but there's, like, a corridor that goes around the pool, and to get to the pool, you have to go down a staircase, like a tile staircase that leads to, like, the edge of the pool, and um, and the staircase is, like, one of those two sides. So there's, like, a staircase on each side of the room. And then they come down and they meet in the middle. And then there's another staircase that leads down to the pool. I don't know if that makes sense to you. Wait, wait. Okay. Say that part again? So <sighs> I'm going to send you a picture. Hold on. Because it's important. And I'll post this on our website and social media and stuff if anybody else wants to see it. Okay. First class. I typed in first class poop. Okay, first class pool. So we're going to copy, and then I'm going to try to paste that in the chat here. Let me know when you're looking at it. All right, so you To Discord, it's in our server. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Let me look at this. Let me look at this foolishness. Hold on. This is so unnecessary. I mean, yes, but it's a luxury cruise liner cruise liner. From the 1930s. So it's going to be a little extra. Okay, no, but it's just like, the way it's extra makes no... What is this garbage? I don't know, rich white people, man. Like I don't know. That's ex- I mean, especially since the 1930s. So <laughs> um, just saying. Okay, so the footprints start at the deck here, which is like where the, the like diving board is. 
And the footprints mm-hmm. will go around to the changing rooms. So, like, around this, like, little pillar here. But then also, the lady in the tennis skirt, which I don't know if it's the same girl as the girl in the wedding dress. But I don't really understand why a girl in a wedding dress and a little boy in a suit would be in the first class pool area. Because that's just a disaster waiting to happen there. But... So the girl in the that's the apparition in the tennis skirt comes down one of the top flights of stairs and then comes down the right side of the stairs and then disappears behind this column here. So she comes down the stairs and walks around the pool, but then as soon as she hits that first column or that first pillar, she disappears. She doesn't walk through it. It's just she goes behind it and then disappears. Yeah, And then another reason why this picture is important is because there is another spirit of a little girl seen in the area, but she's with a teddy bear. She's either seen with a teddy bear or just like not with a teddy bear. So I don't really know if it's the same girl that's seen in the boiler room. Um, She does, however, resemble another spirit that pops up in the second class pool area. So I think this little girl's just running all around the ship, if you ask me. But it's pretty crazy because sometimes when she's seen in this area, she pops up like her little head pops up from the right side of that top rail there on the stairs. So like you could be standing across like at the very end of the pool looking at the stairway or you could be standing at the very base and like standing on the deck of the diving board or the slide or whatever that is. and, like, she plays peekaboo, and she'll, like, pop up. Gotta put it down. Gotta put it down. Just be like, get the vacuum. <laughs> okay. Ghostbusters! Look. Exactly. Like, I said, bro, I got a ghost. And I'm like, I got a vacuum. If it doesn't work, then... <laughs> okay. So, last thing in the first class pool area is... Um, People have reported that a cloud of steam appears out of nowhere. And so it kind of appears in the pool, down in the pool, and just kind of like rises up. So I'm not quite sure what that's about. But that's been reported several times. Uh, So now we're going to go into the second class pool area. And this area has been converted into a theater. Um, So it's got like a stage and, you know, uh, stadium seats and all that stuff. The most prominent spirit in this area is the spirit of a little girl who they have named Jackie. I do believe that this is the same little girl that is seen in the first class pool area as well. Um, Supposedly, she drowned in this pool, in the second class pool, during the ship's sailing days, and she refuses to pass on. But several sites and articles that I read state that there was a drowning reported on the ship, but the Queen Mary's official website didn't. And they did say that they have no documentation of a drowning ever happening aboard the ship. So that little juicy nugget of knowledge cannot be corroborated. But nonetheless, Jackie, however she came to be a spirit aboard the Queen Mary, she's very active. Uh, She loves to interact with guests and investigators regularly. She's very playful. She likes to play tricks uh, and play games. Her favorite games seem to be peekaboo and hide and seek. 
And so there was this investigator uh, named Peter James, and he, because of his investigation aboard the Queen Mary, aboard the Queen Mary, kind of skyrocketed, skyrocketed him into the paranormal limelight for a very long time. He wrote a book. Um, there was like a TV show that he helped produce. Um, but he documented a conversation with Jackie that lasted for a whole 10 minutes. And it started in the theater. So the second class pool area. And she said, meet me in the other pool. And so then they go and they're not getting any interaction after that. So then they go back to the first class pool and she's there. And I think that's where they got that picture. There's a picture of like a little girl's head popping up from behind that railing. Um, And I believe he took that picture, but I could be wrong um, because a lot of the information and stuff that he had to say is in a book that I did not buy. So a lot of the pictures and a lot of the stuff from his investigation, that's probably one of the most famous investigations to happen aboard the RMS Queen Mary is in his book called The Ghosts of the Queen Mary. So when I Googled Ghosts of the Queen Mary, that's how I stumbled upon that because the only thing that kept coming up was this book. So, uh, but this conversation with Jackie lasted a whole 10 minutes and that was the encounter that, you know, made him well known and it spawned the hit TV show Sightings. I have not seen it, so don't ask me about it. Um, Mm -hmm. Apparently in this conversation, she told, yeah. Peter to meet him in the other pool. So Peter does believe that the little girl spotted in the first class pool is indeed Jackie and she just likes to run around. But he, I didn't read anything about her being the same little girl spirit that's seen in the boiler room, but I kind of find it hard to believe that there's two separate little girl spirits aboard the ship. But who knows? Because also something that I didn't mention in the ship's history is that after the war or towards the end of the war, the Queen Mary was used to kind of transport like soldiers' families. Um, and so mm-hmm. they would either take families like the wives and the children of soldiers to America where the soldiers were now living or take them to see them like for a vacation. I don't know. It was a very, the information on that part of the ship's history was kind of all over the place. So I left it out. But I mean, there were tons of children aboard the ship at one point. So, uh, there could be more than one. I just find it hard to believe. But in the theater, which is the second class pool area, guests report laughing and singing. There are two other spirits that kind of pop up all over the ship, but mainly in the theater area because that's where Jackie likes to hang out. And I read that one of the spirits is very protective of her. And then there's this other spirit that's only that's mainly documented in the theater area singing and she likes to sing to Jackie, which is just really adorable. Uh, But I only saw that in one source. So I don't know how true that is, but it's very nice. And I want to pretend that it's true, even if it isn't. Okay. Because this was a luxurious cruise ship in the 1930s, they of course had to have a salon. And it was called the Queen's Salon. But it is now called the Mayfair Room. And I'm pretty sure this room is now used as an office area. So it's not a salon anymore. But 
there is an apparition of a beautiful young woman in this room, and she's seen dancing alone in the shadowy corners of the room. So I don't, I don't know why she's not dancing in the middle of the room, specifically in the dark, shadowy corners of this room. Um, in an interview that I read in, that was published in 2001, an accountant uh, f- that worked for the Queen Mary came in early to work. Uh, right off the bat, she said that she felt very uneasy, but she sat down and got to work anyways. And uh, then she began to feel cold, like unnaturally cold. Like this is Long Beach, California. It does not get this cold. Um, and yeah. then she felt as if someone or something had brushed up against the back of her chair. And <laughs> so then a few moments later, she witnessed, because that didn't run her out of the room. A few moments later, she witnessed an apparition of a transparent figure walk across the room and through the door. She didn't say whether this was a male or female figure, but she did, however, grab her keys and leave the room until the rest of her co-workers showed up to work. So, it didn't, it wasn't the touching that scared her off. It was the full-body figure of a person. Okay, so now we're going to move into the rooms, or the state rooms, as they're called. Um, The most active deck of the ship is B deck, which is what I said at the beginning or towards the beginning. Um, but there are some spirits that aren't really tethered down to a specific stateroom. Um, in the first class area, there's a tall, dark haired man in a 1930s style suit. Uh, he just kind of shows up whenever he wants. Sometimes you'll see him in a mirror behind you. Sometimes he's at the foot of your bed. <laughs> yep. Sometimes he's walking along the corridor. <laughs> and uh, I think they said that they've seen him sitting in a in a chair, like in the hallway, like just like a bench or something. Um, but he's just kind of, oh, I just hit my mic. Um, he's just kind of seen all around the first class area. Uh, it also, the article that I was reading also said that people hear sounds of running water, but one, you're on a boat. I'm on a boat. Yeah. So, and it didn't say that if it's like the sound of a faucet and then they go in the room and like the faucet is on or if they're just hearing Mm -hmm. the sound. So I don't really know how accurate that little nugget is but people say they hear sounds of running water which doesn't seem all that far-fetched to me seeing as you're on a boat that is moored to the shore but it's still in water so you know there's bound to be sounds of running water on a ship but whatever uh lights in several first class staterooms also turn on and off by themselves in the middle of the night it doesn't happen during the day Always in the middle of the night. I assume when someone's sleeping. That just makes it creepier. Uh, Also, several phones will ring in the early morning hours. So you've got lights coming on in the middle of the night. And then, like, in the wee hours of the morning, your phone will ring. 
like the the phone and then no one's on the other end it's just like you can't go on this you can't go stay on the ship and expect to get a good night's sleep because because <laughs> the lights are gonna come on and then your phone's gonna ring it's just not this is not a relaxing vacation and in one of the podcasts that i listened to they were talking to a couple who had planned a weekend, like a Valentine's Day weekend aboard the Queen Mary, and they did not have a good experience. Like, they didn't sleep. They had one, uh, the wife had, like, nightmares. And, yeah. So, if you go stay on the Queen Mary, I don't think you're going to have a relaxing getaway. It'll be interesting, but just don't expect to sleep. Uh, then we have the third class children's playroom, which apparently is different than the nursery. Uh, but not a lot of activity really happens in there, but guests do report the sounds of like a baby crying when they're on tours. Uh, I don't know if that's like a real baby somewhere crying and it's just like echoing because it's a ship, but that was something that I read in the article. So next we have the... Mauritiana room which is one of the first class lounges so it's we're still in that like first class area uh according to an article on travelandleisure.com in 1989 two female staff members were sent to clean the lounge for a reception and when they entered the room they found a guest sitting in a chair in the center of the room so they walk in turn on the lights and there's a dude sitting in a chair in the middle of the room, in the dark. The guy didn't speak to them upon their entrance, nor did he seem to notice them. Now, had that happened to me, ghost or not, I'm leaving. That's creepy. That is creepy. I don't care if it's a man, a woman, or a kid. If I walk into a room and there's a person sitting in the middle of the room because this is the ship like this lounge is in the interior of the ship it has no windows so you know that person is sitting there in the pitch dark just in the middle of the room anyways well these ladies didn't run away and then a third female staff member enters the room with the intention of helping the other two to clean and the guest is now staring at this third woman He's staring at her, making her feel very, very uncomfortable. And then he has the audacity to ask her to move. Like, sir, you're in my way. I'm cleaning. You're not supposed to be here. But whatever. So they just, you know, call security. But as they're on the phone with security... This person in the chair fades away right in front of them. And all three women corroborate this encounter in several different interviews, as well as the security staff who are like, no, they called to like tell us that there's some random person in this room that wouldn't leave. And then all of a sudden he wasn't there anymore. So yeah, that's that. Um, so now we're going to move into the most infamous room on B-Deck, 
Uh, this is the supposedly the most haunted room on the entire ship. It's room B340. Uh, this is the last place aboard the ship that we're going to talk about. Um, this room has been dubbed as the most haunted room in the U.S. by several magazines and travel websites. Uh, this room was actually closed for 25 years to guests because the room wouldn't stay clean. So, like, maids would go in and, like, clean the room and they'd make the bed. And then a guest would show up and go into the room and the bed would be unmade. And would be messy. So then they'd go and complain. And then the maids would be like, but we just made it. And there's even been a few instances where the maid would make the bed, leave the room, and then come back to finish cleaning. Or like, because she needed something. And the bed would be unmade. So they just, they couldn't keep the room tidy. It was always found to be just disheveled. Even when... There had been no guests staying in the room for several days, um, but now it is open as a rentable room, and it's insanely expensive. Do you want to guess how much it is to stay in this room? No, you got to guess. All right, triple digits. Uh, it's in the what? triple digits. Okay, four hundred eighty-seven. You're very close. Higher You're or very lower? close. Four hundred eighty-eight. No, five hundred dollars. Yes. It is. Oh God. Four ninety-nine a night. <laughs> so with tax, it would be five hundred, probably five ten, but five hundred dollars a night to stay in room B three forty. If the Queen Mary ever opens again, it'll probably be even more expensive after the pandemic. So, not staying in that room. Not because I'm scared. Because I ain't spending $500 on a room. It's just not happening. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. So, in 1966, there was a woman staying in this room. And she awoke to a strange man at the foot of her bed. This is a third-class room. So, it is not the gentleman who was seen at the foot of people's beds in the first-class staterooms. But it was a man, nonetheless. She, of course, screamed and then rang for the steward. She didn't call the front desk. She specifically rang for the steward. And the man faded away before the steward arrived. In 1948, uh, there was a third-class passenger who did pass away in the room, but the details of his death are unknown. I did come across his name, but I did not include that in my notes. I am sorry. Now, this next part might be a little disappointing. I know we're all here for the spooky spook, so I'm really sorry, Cheyenne. But in my research, I did mention that I watched an episode of Ghost Hunters where they visited the Queen Mary. I did watch some other YouTube investigations, and uh, I think the Queen Mary was featured on another Travel Channel TV show that I watched uh, so when the TAPS team got there, they set up a DVR camera in the room and two investigators, Steve and Dave, which they're my favorite two investigators on the show, besides Amy and Adam, they entered the room to find the bed all messed up. And immediately they were so excited and they went immediately to the tape, pulled it, rewound it, started watching it. Because during the tour, 
where the captain and one of the tour guides was taking Jason and Grant and Steve around to kind of like show them the hot spots of the ship. Uh, they were like, why don't we make the bed and set a trap for this ghost? So they made the bed and then it was still made. Oh, Jet's coming in. <laughs> I did need ice, by the way. Okay. Don't forget it. He got a bag of ice one time and then he left it in his truck overnight and it melted. Just freeze I couldn't. It, it was all over his truck. Good thing he has rubber mats, no, though. Mm -hmm. He's trying to be all quiet, though. <laughs> um. Anyways, so... <laughs> when they went to set up the camera after the tour, the bed was still made. So they know that it was made when the camera was set to record. And when they come into the room a couple hours later, gonna let Jet finish putting the ice in the thingy. It's okay, I can cut this out. You're too fat. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> um so they know that the bed was made when the video was set to record so they go in a couple hours later and they um see that the bed has been unmade you know it's all messed up and they're like oh my gosh is this really happening and they're thinking they're about to get the holy grail of evidence here and they start the tape or they rewind the tape and they start watching it and they're still in the room watching it on the little the little camera screen and they see the covers move like they watch as the covers just get pulled back on this bed and they are so excited and they're like we cannot wait until we get this into the evidence review we want to see it on the big screen and then they get it on the big screen and Steve notices that there's a glitch in the tape. And so basically what happened is someone came in the room, hit pause, and basically did that thing where they would hit pause, move the covers, hit play, and then hit pause, and then go move the covers, and then hit play. You know, those like old school camera tricks. And they figured mm -hmm. it out because... In less than a millisecond, the cover went from, like, being kind of almost stood up to, like, being pushed down. And then when they listen to the audio from the tape, they can hear the beep of the pause button. And they went into the room and they found this, like, maintenance passageway in the room that if someone was small enough and determined enough they could fit through that little passageway and go either I don't really know if that little door because it's a door it's like a cabinet that opens in the room oh dear. and like you look in it and you can see there's like pipes and whatever and then Grant being smaller goes in it all the way through and he comes out this door in the hallway so I don't know if that's a room like a 
like a another room or if it's like a like a janitor's closet or something mm-hmm. but because at first because they were like okay well if someone did tamper with the tape like how did they do it because if they had opened the door because there's two doors to get into this room um and i think one is through like another you know how in some hotels like there's a joined room so there's like a door in the middle that like joins two rooms um Uh so i think that's the second door and then the first door is just down in the hallway um and so they're like if you open the door you're letting in light from the hallway because the hallways still have lights on but the individual rooms all the lights are off and so when you open the door you can see the light come in on the tape because you can see on the tape when Steve and Dave enter the room and they went back and opened the other, all the doors they opened, you know, but if you open that back passageway, there's no light coming in. And that passageway was behind the camera. So that would allow someone to enter the room from behind the camera, hit pause, go move it a little, come back. And like, Hmm. so that was really disappointing. And once they kind of realized that someone had altered your MS tampered with their equipment that kind of tainted the rest of the investigation, but they did their best to kind of keep going and pushing on. And they even stayed overnight aboard the ship. Uh, Cause it is a hotel. Uh, and since it is a hotel, it's not one of that unfortunately wasn't one of the instances where they have the whole, whole hotel to themselves. Cause there are some episodes where they go and they, um, investigate a hotel and they are just there by themselves like they're the only people in the hotel like the hotel they shut out or they shut down for a couple of nights or they just let tabs run out the entire hotel or whatever uh but the queen mary did not do that for them uh so uh and even though they um that piece of evidence turned out to be fake or a prank they reviewed all of their evidence like they would any other case and they did not find anything they didn't catch any evps they didn't catch any doors closing no lights came on nothing so it was overall a very disappointing investigation but this is only one investigation i just trust the taps team because they do their best to try to debunk and find like actual reasons for things that could explain activity that's not paranormal just so that people are not paranormal (laughs) and and, i mean i have to respect that because they're like listen there are you know houses settle and they creak at night when the wind blows like those are those are normal things now anything that we can't disprove and find an explanation for that's when we kind of venture into the realm of paranormal and that's what we're focusing on. Um, But then at the same time, you know, you have people that are just terrified of the paranormal and terrified that they have things going on in their house because their cabinets are opening when really they're just off level. And so they'll go in and they'll just be like, Hey, like you've got this unprotected electrical box underneath your stairs. And it is giving off massive amounts of electromagnetic energy, which if you're exposed to it for a long period of time, 
that can make you paranoid. It can give you nightmares. It can make you nauseous. And people attribute that to malicious paranormal activity. And make you paranoid, ma'am. I was born paranoid. I mean, yes, me too. But like, I'm also not sensitive to electromagnetic fields. There are people that are very, very like sensitive. Like it gives them rashes. It gets crazy. Jesus. It gives them headaches. And so people, you know, can't find the reason themselves. So they just start thinking that it's a ghost. But in reality, it's a very normal thing where, like, it's a very real thing that you can fix and therefore will fix your problem. And so I respect that because they're not, like, disproving everything. And so when they find something that they can't, they don't have an explanation for, they can't disprove it, they're like, this is insane. This is awesome. This is paranormal activity. This place is haunted. But it's like when they go into places and they find other explanations i don't know i feel like they're a little bit more trustworthy than say ghost adventures where you just have three dramatic people running around on a haunted island like just yeah that's my personal opinion um but the tour guide on the queen mary at the time of their investigation did say that they have had issues with people sneaking onto the ship and pulling pranks so to me that just kind of taints the uh mysterious it just kind of taints the queen mary like it doesn't seem that all scary to me and in one of the podcast episodes that i listened to uh one of the hosts did visit the queen mary in like april and they still had their halloween decorations up and so every year for halloween they do this like or i don't know if they're gonna do it this year but they they have like a haunted house aboard the Queen Mary. And so it's very much become a tourist attraction. And even though that there are paranormal reports that go back as far as the 1960s, I don't really know that it's not being manifested by the by people because they want it to be haunted. Or if the ghosts are just very, very selective. I don't know. But like sounds like it yeah but i'm also really not okay with like the lights turning on in the middle of the night like that just makes me when i go to a hotel i want to be able to sleep and so if there's even like the like smallest inkling of like i'm not going to be able to sleep because the phone is gonna ring and the lights are gonna turn on i'm cool no we don't need to go the door is gonna creak and we're gonna be like uh i'll sleep in the hallway we're not gonna be like that we're gonna be like wtf yeah um, okay, so the Queen Mary has been featured on other paranormal shows. Um, I was only able to watch one episode of Taps and or Ghost Hunters and then one other, like, it wasn't even a full episode. I could only find clips on YouTube. Um, but I did listen to several podcasts. Uh, I was, uh, Astonishing Legends has an episode of the Queen Mary. There is an episode of Lore about the Queen queen mary and then of course i had to listen to an episode of and that's why we drink where m covers the queen mary uh that's the episode where m finds out that christine went to the queen mary with altham (laughs) and christine was like no they still had their halloween decorations up in like april and yeah um there were a few others um that i listened to but those were the three favorites of mine all three of those podcasts are amazing so if you don't listen to them you really really should i 100 percent recommend them 
Uh, I didn't take notes while I was listening to the podcasts, and I didn't take notes when I was watching uh, the episode of Ghost Hunters so that I wouldn't accidentally plagiarize anything they said accidentally, but we did pull our resources from the same place. Like, there's only so many places where you can get references and, like, information, so I feel like there was going to be some overlap, but I didn't want to, like, accidentally directly quote somebody. Um, But just in case, I am citing those three podcasts that I did listen to. Uh, so that that's it for the Queen Mary. Unfortunately, there just wasn't a whole lot of ghosts. I think its reputation is bigger than its actual paranormal activity. So sorry, Cheyenne. <laughs> it's so like backwards compared to like the other episodes mm-hmm. where it's just like heavy hitters. <laughs> this one's kind of more like, all right, so we did this and this. Yeah. Well, I mean, school started for you, and it's been a crazy week for me. We've got the party this week, and I have an infusion and dealing with work. And so I kind of was happy that this episode was requested because I I felt like it was a very laid-back episode. I'm still searching for that one episode that's going to actually scare the pants off you, though. Have no fear. Look, it's going to take – it's going to be a process. We'll eventually get there. And everybody's going to be like, that's when everybody like starts clapping in the background and like all the comments starts flooding in. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't know. This was on the list, but I wasn't expecting to do it this fast, like, you know, this soon. Um, But I am kind of glad we got out of the way because I feel like this is such a notorious like haunted attraction Mm -hmm. that if we, you know, when if we start to get more listeners and, and get requests, I feel like this one would be one that's requested a lot. Um, and so I'm kind of glad we went ahead and got it out of the way just because my personal opinion is it's not as haunted as people say it is. But then again, I've never been there myself. So I don't really want to pull the plug on this until I've stayed there myself. But the hard part is going to be getting Jet to agree to go there with me. Mm-hmm. Maybe we just won't tell him that it's haunted. <laughs> I hope he doesn't listen to this episode because then he'll never go. Oh, anyways. So I know it was oh, sort of dude. chill, but uh, do you have any advice? Uh, Actually, there is nothing for DQ's corner today. Like, I, I got nothing. I'm just, yeah. <laughs> That's all right. Like I said, it's been a crazy week. That's okay. Next episode is going to be good. I promise. And I'm going to be editing this episode while I'm getting an infusion. So I'm kind of glad it's getting an infusion. I'm going to be like literally doing, I'm be literally like, Hey, I'm going to be at practice yelling at junior high kids (laughs) and then going beholding yelling at high school kids. Yep. I'm going to be, Sitting in a infusion center for four hours, they were like, God, "I gotta make, I gotta make their test," and I'm just like sitting here, and I'm like, "I could just go to bed. That's all I can do. I could just go to bed, call it a day, and just be done." And I'm just like, "I can't do that because I gotta make the test, and I actually submit my lesson plans." And I'm just like, "I could just go to bed. I, I, literally, you could just go to bed," and I'm just like. Or I could be productive, and I'm like, I'm going to literally be asleep in like 30 minutes. I'll take that out. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I felt like absolute p- 
poo-poo on a stick yesterday, which was Sunday for us. And I was productive as heck. I made us an expense spreadsheet. I have episode topic spreadsheets. I have episodes or topics covered spreadsheet. I did research on websites and I finished my notes and my head was hurting so bad and I couldn't breathe very well because lupus and I was productive. So you can do it, bro. You can do it. Hey, no, like you're you like, know, no, I'm gonna go to bed. I just want like because like Friday, because let's see, we had the game Friday. Then after that, we had um after that, I got home like at one because out of all the coaches, even though actually no, I take it back. One coach lives further than I do, but it's only because he lives like five minutes away from me. Well, two of us live in an area, and then another couple live closer to the school. One literally lives, like, in the same town. Two of them live in the same town as the school. And it's just like, bruh. And I'm just like, so, like, they'll get home within, like, ten minutes. Within ten minutes, I might be in the next town over. (laughs) (laughs) And then I have to get past that town to get into my town. I was sitting there, I was like, bro, I'm freaking tired. And I was going to stop and get, like, an energy drink, but none of the gas stations were open. And I was like bruh and i was like i'm not gonna make it and then i finally made it home and i got home and i like literally just like rinsed off real quick and i just like passed smoothed out and i was like but the worst part was i got home at, like 115 went to sleep it was like 125 and then we had film at 7 30 so like i had to wake up at like 6 15 get dressed and then i headed back to work and everybody got there there's our, like i got there at seven so i could go ahead and start a little early and do laundry um and i was like bruh we're sitting there doing it talking everything else and we're all talking about like, bro i'm so tired i was like me i'm just like sitting there like dumbfounded for a little bit i'm like i understand what's going on but it's not registering because like you're so I'm tired there, I'm, I'm so tired i'm like i just gotta make it then one o'clock, we're like, all right, we can go. And I'm like, thank God. So, but we back up here again tomorrow. Like, I know, but I need to go home. I need a nap. And then I went home, showered a little bit. But I, after that, I was like, all right, it's time to lay it down. And I just went to sleep. And I was like, I'll wake up in like an hour. And I woke up and I went right back to sleep. I was like, nah, give me, give me 45 more minutes. <laughs> and then I woke up and I was like, all right, I can play the game. And I was like, I, there's nothing to play. I didn't feel like playing squat. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go play Persona. Then I realized the controller on there uses batteries. And I remember I plugged it up and I was like, shoot, that's right. I didn't go buy batteries. And I looked outside and I was like, I'm not going outside. Go <laughs> it's batteries. not worth it. And I was like, all right, it's time. And then I went to Funimation and started watching Fairy Tale. Actually, that's a false statement. I actually cut on Netflix, watched an episode of Soul Eater, and then I started watching Fairy Tale, and I watched like five. I watched like I'll go six episodes, and then I look over. It's one o'clock, and I'm like, I'm tired. And I was like, Oh my god, I need to go to bed. It's late. <laughs> and then I finally went to bed. It's funny. I woke up, and I woke up, and my boy was like, Hop on the game, and I was like, And I was about to. And he had to go to the store, and I'm like, I'm going, I gotta go to work again. So it's like, he said, like, there's no point hopping on. Then it's like, we had half an hour. But I was like, all right, I'll just keep watching Fairy Tale. Then we went, 
broke down film and look over it. He's like, all right, we're leaving at six. Then I was like, all right. I went back home. I was like, bro, I could literally. Is this yesterday? Mm-hmm, this yesterday. I was like, I literally could do anything. And I sat there and I was like, I don't feel like doing anything. Like, I'm not motivated at all. And that's why I texted you. It was like, hey, hey. I was like, it's. I, I don't feel like doing nothing. I, I went to sleep. Yeah, we usually record on Sundays. Uh, and we're recording on a Monday, which is throwing me all off. <laughs> Mm. but it's okay i totally understand i was like cool so i just sat over here and was like well i'm already at my computer so i'll just play some genshin and i did my like daily stuff and then i did the exact same thing you did i went to bed (laughs) so i was not complaining Mm. but uh yeah all right well there was a lot of nonsense talk about anime in this episode Hey, look. <laughs> I'm not complaining. Hope no one else will. Exactly. Uh, yeah, so thank you guys for listening to episode five of A Fearful Earful. We out this. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs>